Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Coming to you from Jindabyne, New South Wales, where we are transmitting from the Grain Nomads Camp. And of course, this is Positively Different Radio in the Morning and you are with Lyle and... Mine and my word, it is going to be a positive show today, let me tell you. We have a real corker. We got we got prizes coming out of our ears today, Lyle. We really we do. do. We, we do. do. And, and by the way, those prizes are still available to the delayed listener. Yes. So if you're a delayed listener, then do give us a call. Uh, 1-800-324-843 is our number because uh, we're taking people registrations for the giveaway of all giveaways that mm-hmm. we've ever had here on Faith FM. We're giving away a holiday. Mm. Two holidays. Two holidays, my bad. Two holidays. Yes, and they are. This, we're actually giving away four different giveaways throughout the show today and they are all available to all listeners, delayed and live listeners. So that's you. If you can hear this, you are eligible. So give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Okay, so um, the holiday, of course, is... A two nights accommodation for either a couple or a family at the Avenist Alpine Village in Jindabyne. So uh, this little uh, um, hidden valley about a kilometre from the township. You can't see the township. It feels like you're in the middle of nowhere, but you're right beside the township. And two nights accommodation, summer accommodation, and uh, uh, available right here on Faith FM. And if you want to hear more about the accommodation, just stay tuned because we interviewed the caretaker and his wife on our interview section it's just incredible. You'll you'll want to pack your bag straight away and come today when you hear you know what he has to say about where we are. Okay, so we interview Stan the man. Mm-hmm. We talk about alcohol in Victoria. Oh, Mon buys wow. a pickle. <laughs> Lyle, what are you grateful for today? Before I forget to ask. Um, um, I'm grateful for so many things today. I, I think I'm grateful for being able to sit here, look out the window, and look at um, beautiful views. Yeah, Bella Vista, crimson rosellas. Amen. Mountain birds, they're very pretty. Well, I have a bit of a story that I wanted to share with our listeners, a bit of a bittersweet uh, gratitude that I have today that I'm thankful for. Uh, So our listeners know that a few, like a month and a half ago, I went to Germany for a wedding. And while I was there, I looked up my grandfather, who I hadn't seen since I was eight years old, and uh, and just turned up unannounced on his doorstep and uh, spent five hours chatting with him and his wife, uh, who is my step-grandmother. Had a wonderful, blessed time. It was really great. Um, just found out uh, last night that he passed away over the weekend. So, was really able to see him at the last moment possible. It was the last opportunity. And I managed to grab it with both hands. And I'm really, really grateful to God that um, that, that took place. So, yeah, yeah. Praise God. That's fantastic. Yeah. That 26 years of very, silence. And we're, and we're very sad for you this morning that... Um Oh, it's it's all right. Like you know, it is sad, but to be honest, he's kind of like you know a stranger I shared DNA with. So yeah, yeah, yeah we understand that. But anyway, that's a uh, a sadly positive story this morning, and and um, very personal one for Mon. But stay tuned. We've got that, and we've got so much more. This is a fun show coming up right now. <laughs> Oh, 
And that was the Collingsworth family with Show a Little Bit of Love here on Faith FM. What a great song to start the morning, get everybody woken up for. Yeah, it's a real blood pumper. I like that one. I don't think I've heard it before. Is that a new one to our show, Shell? No, no. I, I, I remember this one. Our producer's shaking her yeah. head at us. Uh-huh. I haven't heard it before. There you go. And uh, um, I should just mention to our listeners that we have a little bit of a live audience here this morning. So welcome to a number of Grey Nomads who've come into the studio to see how the breakfast show works. Um, uh, yeah, for those who are confused as to what we're talking about, Lyle and I are broadcasting live from Jindabyne, which is not just a beautiful location, it is currently the location of the 2018 Grey Nomads Camp, which we're very excited to be a part of, and, uh, and of course some of the attendees are very curious and they're here in the studio with us this morning. Get to so, see how live radio works. Yeah, I, so I wonder if happening. one of them is going to sneeze or something. <laughs> we'll hear it on air. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's all good. Lyle, uh, yes. woo, that came out really loud. I am going to hit you with a quiz this morning, and I've decided... I decided to go a little bit easy with our Bible breakfast quiz. I've, you know, last week was a lot of hard quizzes, but decided to ease off a little bit. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit concerned you might have already given this one away, though. We've <laughs> <laughs> well, already gave it away. If you, if you didn't have if a you problem with the mics earlier on. <laughs> during the news segment and accidentally heard <laughs> Lyle say the answer into an accidentally <laughs> on microphone, uh, then just pretend you didn't hear anything. It's a Who Am I quiz this morning. And the first clue is, some Greeks at the feast came to me and said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Okay, so I'm wondering, does any of our audience know, the, if you know the answer, you can put your hand up. Does anybody audience know the answer to this one? Not yet, not yet. They're, they're thinking hard. They're thinking hard. They'll get I have a wonderful prize writing. as well. It's oh, a look beautiful, at that. It's beautiful. I love this one. I picked it out myself, actually, from the, uh, the Bitter Books and Food Shop. It is a book and Bible cover. So it's a Bible case, essentially. It's a beautiful light blue color, almost like a turquoise. It has a, uh, a picture of a monarch butterfly on it. So it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 on there and if you jump across to our Instagram and click on our profile page it's uh, faithfmlive lowercase one word uh, you will actually see uh, a little video of the quiz and of the first clues I mean sorry, of the prize and of the quiz clues so you can check those out and decide that you definitely want to look that one up in the Bible and tell me what the answer is. Give us a call. Hey, just one more prize that I want to give away. You're making them easy, so it's just Yeah, yeah I am. I just want to tell you about one more prize I want to give away this morning. So, you know, for oh, the last... Oh, we still have some of those left. Five. We have five I've left. forgotten about Only that. five. Okay, so we have a brand new YouTube channel, which we're super excited about because every day we upload quality Christian content to our YouTube channel, which is something that's hard to find online today. We have decided to give away 100 copies of Nature's Superfoods Simply Natural Super Healthy. It's a wonderful cookbook. It has 28 superfoods and it covers recipes uh, from each of the uh, each of the superfoods. And it gives a little information about them, tells you about the benefits of it, tells you where you can find it, its availability, uh, tells you how to choose it, if it's ripe or not, and how to store it as well. So it's wonderful information about 28 superfoods. We had 100. We have five left. All you have to do, go to youtube.com, search for Faith FM Australia and subscribe to our channel. It is that easy. And have you started uh, contacting? I was going to do it on Friday, but then I ended up having a pack <laughs> because I was coming to Grey Nomads. <laughs> so I will be contacting people today, all those people who have subscribed already to us, those 95 subscribers previously. You'll be getting an email from me today in regards to uh, collecting or a message. books. Yeah, or a, a message. message. Fantastic. What have you got for us in positively different news this morning? Lyle, what do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear about a freakish miracle or do you want to hear about rings of peace? 
Ooh, I'm going to go with the freakish miracle. I knew it. Because I knew you'd go it with kind the of the, the, the Rings of Peace sounds kind of hippie-ish. Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this a hippie story? <laughs> and you're such a non-hippie, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a okay, check this out. This happened. I've got, a, I've got a little bit of hippie going. I like to yeah, grow, grow food and all that kind of stuff. I know stuff. that you forget to brush your teeth sometimes, but I don't know if that makes you a hippie, Lyle. <laughs> In fact, you forgot to bring your toothbrush to this camp. <laughs> yes, where would I, where would anyway. I do without people running into town to buy me a toothbrush? <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Okay, this is coming. This is a story coming out of New Zealand, and this is absolutely amazing. So, and to me, this is the work of the Lord for sure. So, a gentleman called Gus Hutt uh, in New Zealand, he goes uh, fishing in the early hours of the morning uh, on Matata Beach in Wakatain. And, uh, and usually he, he. Apologies to all the New Zealanders. <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> butchered, butchered that. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, he usually just uh, gets up in the morning, walks down the beach, and he says he usually walks directly to the shoreline uh, from the Murphy's holiday campsite and he usually just sets up his fishing poles there and does his fishing but this morning just for some reason he just turned right and walked uh, 100 meters away from his usual spot and set his fishing poles up there he says he can barely even explain <coughs> why he did it <coughs> but as he was monitoring his lines he noticed that something was floating about 15 meters away um, from his rod and at first he thought it was a doll and then he pulled it out of the water and realized, he said he realized it was a child after it gave a small squeak. And, uh, and this, it was a little boy. And uh, this is so scary. He was camping with his parents in his parents' tent at the, holiday, at the holiday park there. And he was so excited to explore the area that while his parents were still asleep in the tent, he unzipped the tent, crawled outside onto the sands and, uh, and went out to the water and got caught in a rip. And he was just moments away from drowning um, when this gentleman, uh, Gus Hutt, found him and pulled him out. So he did have to go to hospital. And, uh, and he did get to have to get some treatment, but praise the Lord, everyone is fine. Full recovery. Full recovery. Oh my, what a story yeah. right there. Well, yeah. I, I know exactly why he turned right instead of turning left. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not hard to explain. This was, the, the, yeah, God was working right there. Amen. Save that Amen. child's life. And it's so what great that he, um, he doesn't have any uh, side effects because often, you know, almost drowning can be just as devastating. Yeah, brain damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's our beautiful uh, story coming out of New Zealand. And now we have our Rings of Peace, not nearly as hippie-tastic as you think, Lyle. Uh, oh, this is in regards to the... I'm kind of disappointed the- now. <laughs> I think oh, you'll still like it. a hippie story. <laughs> I think you'll still like it. This is actually more to do with Muslims than to do with hippies. Um, okay. Yeah, so this is... I was re- not expecting that. This is in regards to the, the recent uh, synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. Uh, so the National Council... Um, of Canadian Muslims have orchestrated an event um, as a means of showing solidarity uh, for the Jewish communities during during the Jewish services that took place uh, over this weekend, so over Friday and Saturday. Uh, and what they did was hundreds of people from different faiths, so this is not just Muslims, the Muslims organized it, but hundreds of people from all different faiths uh, were standing in support of their Jewish neighbors by forming uh, protective rings of peace around Toronto synagogues. Isn't that beautiful? That is just absolutely so, yeah. fantastic. And you know, when you see the Islamic community fighting against anti-Semitism, if I can't quite get my tongue <laughs> around that one this morning. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking yes, about when you find yeah. the Islamic community. This is what we need to see in our world. Absolutely. You know, and you're seeing a similar thing in uh, taking place in Egypt right now. Oh, really? Where um, you've got a lot of Muslim people who are, you know, standing up to protect the Coptic Christians who are there. Um, particularly from the from the government, you know, the government is stepping in and but taking a very strong stand 
to protect the Christian minority within their country. And this is the message that Islam needs to be getting out to our world. You know, because Islam proclaimed itself as a, a religion of peace, but all we ever get in the media is the opposite of that. You yeah. know, this radical minority that just um, sucks up all of the oxygen that there is, you know, in in, in the in the in this in the media, mm-hmm. and so we only ever hear the negative. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, the average person out there doesn't want to see violence. The average person doesn't want to see people being blown up and killed and uh, done away with and this kind of thing. And so it's just it's always heartwarming when you see. Yeah, and do you know what the the Canadian um, Muslim Society like? I'm very commendable what they've been doing. This is not their first uh, move that they've done in regards to these Islam um, Jewish shootings. So with the Rings of Peace, they invited people uh, from all faiths. They joined hands and they stood shoulder to shoulder around nine city synagogues. That's a, that's a substantial amount of people. Nine city synagogues. So synagogues are quite large buildings. Um, one of the founding directors of this uh, of the Islamic Institute there in Toronto, he said it's about the sanctity of life. For everyone on earth, whether you are a part of a certain religion or do not practice religion at all, a right to safety is paramount. It could be a mosque or a synagogue or a nightclub. It doesn't matter. Life is sacred. And this is not the first time they've risen to the occasion um, since the shootings happened there in Pittsburgh. Uh, they have stepped up to the plate. They raised over $200,000. This is just a Muslim community alone. $200,000 uh, for the shooting victims and their families. And, uh, and they've also just numerous volunteer um, tasks that, you know, anything that's come up that needs to be done in relation to, you know, the fallout. Because there's often a lot of work that has to be done when something tragic like this happens. And they've just put up their hand and said, you don't need to pay us. We'll just do what it needs to be done. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and you know, I know quite a few Muslim people and they're just absolutely horrified when these kind of things happening. And, and, and now I see them, you know, taking proactive steps like mm. this um, to actually change the image of their religion. And uh, I, th- I think I, I think this is just fantastic. It's, it's it's the best thing ever. You know, it reminds me of these uh, videos you see of you know this guy that holds these parties in in Palestine of Palestinians and Jews all getting together and having oh, a great really? time. Oh, it's the best ever. I would love to go to one of those parties. I wonder if some of the adventures are invited. <laughs> you could find out. Give them a call. Spend my days believing What he'd have me be Is who I am As I've come to see The weaker side of me I realized his grace Is what I need When sin demanded justice For my soul Mercy said no I'm not gonna let you go I'm not gonna let you slip away You don't have to be afraid Mercy said no Sin will never take control Life and death stood face to face Darkness trying to steal my heart away Thank you, Jesus 
Brothers with Mercy Said No here on Faith FM, and we are back with our second clue for the quiz of the morning. We'll yes. see if some of our live audience can uh, can uh, put their hands up for it this time. What have you got there for us, Mon? Okay, so the second clue for our Who Am I Breakfast Bible quiz is this. I said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Okay, anybody from our live audience know the answer to that one? Any hands going up? Any can, hands can going see up? Some, 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 Ooh, some cogs no, turning the there. The prize is still live. If Whoa. you think you know the answer, give us a call now. 1 800 Faith FM is our number. It's 1 800 324 843. We'll send you the prize if you get it right. Well, if our live audience gives it, gets we it right, we can just we can, we can hand, we can hand it, it to them. Yeah, just throw it across the room. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Mon. Yes. You went shopping yesterday. Yeah, for your new toothbrush, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got distracted. We got distracted. And bought a pickle. I bought a single solo a, a, pickle. A pickle. <laughs> One gherkin. <laughs> 
Why did you buy a one ten dollar pickle? Ten dollars. It was a ten dollar. Pi- look, it was a special German pickle, and it was ten bucks, and I couldn't live without it, so I bought it. <laughs> I, 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 and I brought it into the studio this morning. I, 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 are you going to share? I told you all about it over dinner last night, and you could not believe that I spent ten dollars on a single solo pickle. There it's just is, an there average is this size thing, there is pickle. This thing in the Bible called stewardship, Mon. Yeah. But, do you want to do you wise I'm, spending of money? I might let you have a bite of my single solo pickle. Would you like to have a look at it? I, I'd like to see okay, your here single. Here it is. It comes pickle. in its own box. <laughs> it's a Christmas ornament. <laughs> Don't throw that. It's glass. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Lyle was so unimpressed that Shell, his wife, and I stopped off at the Christmas barn in Bredo. And this, you okay, know, so what does pickles have to do with Christmas? It turns out this is a traditional German thing, right? So they have a uh, a pickle, and it used to be a real pickle back in the day. So they'd set up the Christmas tree, right? Mm. And the kids would all be in bed. And they would get one single pickle and then hang it somewhere on the tree, and it would blend in with the green of the tree because you know, being a mm-hmm. green gherkin. And the next morning, the kids would run and jump out of bed. They'd come and look at the Christmas tree, and then they'd have to try and find the pickle. And whoever found the pickle first got a special gift um, from Saint Nicholas, whatever, blah blah. Yes, so I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure that I'm sure there's a pagan origin to this <laughs> yeah, one somewhere yeah, in the pickle sure, on the Christmas sure. tree. But I, I actually saw the pickle first in America, and I thought that's hilarious because I love pickles. Turns out it's German. No wonder I was attracted to it. it was my hair coming out without me even knowing. <laughs> yeah. Mon, Mon, you're a nut. I have, I have a I pickle. Say, I'm going to put a picture of my pickle up on the Faith FM socials. <laughs> oh, dear. What is what is the world coming to? <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so moving on to uh, more serious news this morning. We yes. have uh, Labor Premier uh, Andrew Daniels, who is proposing to abolish uh, dry suburbs in the city of Melbourne. What was he thinking? Uh, I do not know. So these have been there since the 1920s, and these are suburbs that have uh, put in legislation that requires a poll of that uh, whole suburb before they are allowed to actually grant a liquor license. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So surely has he not looked at the stats about the benefits of being a dry area? And second of all, to some degree I can understand because if it was instigated in the 1920s, I'm sure things have changed since then in that area. I'm sure maybe it was a problematic area back in the 20s and now it probably isn't anymore. Are they still implementing dry suburbs now? Like creating well, you know, new ones? I, I really don't know a whole lot about dry suburbs, but I'm thinking if you've got some, let's keep them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's make a few more. And just to be clear. And a few more and a few more and a few more. A dry, a dry suburb is not a place where you can't drink alcohol. It's just a place where you can't have a liquor store, right? Um, well, that's what it is in Melbourne. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you go to uh, a, a dry community, for instance, a dry community is a place where you can't have alcohol. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you sort of – it makes me scratch my head because, you know, he makes this statement here. Um, <clears throat> uh, Melbourne's local uh, pubs, restaurants and bars are part of what makes our city great. Now, I'm just sort of thinking, okay, no. how does alcohol make a city great? It doesn't. Um, now, this is a report that was re- released by the Australian government back in uh, the 9th of November 2010. So, this is not the kind of research that you do on a regular basis, but it gives a snapshot so that we can understand, you know, what the actual, you know, uh, issue is in mm-hmm. Australia and ask ourselves the question, why are they supporting something like this? Mm-hmm. And so the social cost of alcohol in 2010, the, the direct social cost of alcohol was $15 billion. What? Uh, so that's the cost to 
um, as it affects an individual, and that takes into account uh, police, courts, prisons, uh, hospital, emergency services, uh, productivity, abs- absenteeism, and road accidents. I feel like if the whole of Australia went dry and we saved that fifteen billion, we could like buy New Zealand or something. Okay, so then the argument comes through. Well, you know, the government, the government, <laughs> we have three New Zealanders in our audience. <laughs> I said it for their benefit. <laughs> I'm just messing. We won't buy New Zealand. Don't worry. But fifteen billion is a I large chunk of money. I like New money. Zealand. I think we should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but then you've got the argument of okay, of course, of okay, okay, the, the the government is um, is feeding off the tax that it, that comes in from alcohol. So then, as a part of this report, they actually looked at the amount of tax that was being raised by the government um, across Australia from alcohol, mm-hmm. and it comes to seven point nine two billion dollars, which leaves you. Uh, sorry, $7.75 billion, which leaves you a deficit of $7.925 billion. Um, so the government is actually paying $7.925 billion every year so that people can get drunk. I feel like no matter how high you tax this, it would, it's, it would just... Okay. Breaking even would be so hard. Now, that's only part of the research. The research gets even more interesting. When you take into account the cost of alcohol as it affects those who are around the person. So, for instance, mm-hmm. in a car accident, it doesn't affect just the drinker. The drinker. Mm-hmm. So, if you're including those um, around the drinker who are affected by it, uh, the cost rises to $36 billion and the tax being gathered from that is still only $7.75 billion. That's a very, very dramatic deficit. That gives you a deficit of $28.92 billion um, that our government is forking out, or our government was forking out in 2010 every year to support the alcohol, uh, to, su- to, to support people's problems in alcohol. Do we know what suburbs these are, these dry suburbs that the. Um, uh, I did, they were on my notes, but my I do. I do wonder whether or not they're lower socioeconomic um, areas, which I think need. Well, they probably possibly were back in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, things that these are these are very old laws, and so who knows what's changed since then? You know, this is an opportunity for Australia to do some research. If they abolish these dry suburbs and they become places that can have liquor stores, I would love to see some researchers, some scientists, some journo's getting involved and tracking what happens to these suburbs when they introduce liquor stores. It would be. It would I think. Be, this, yeah. I think the. I think the results would really speak for themselves. As they do with alcohol. Alcohol is like the easiest thing to just prove to be an absolute. Yeah, it was like the research that recently came out from oh, was the World Health Organization or somebody or other put out that massive research saying mm. that, that there is no safe level of alcohol use. Yeah, like they say, every cigarette is doing you damage. Every drop of alcohol is doing you damage. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting stat that came out as a part of that same research. One in three child abuse cases are linked to alcohol. So that's 20,000 really? children per year being abused as a result of alcohol. Remove alcohol from the community and you're going to see a massive... And, 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 you know, they saw this during Prohibition in the United States. You know, I know I've, 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 I've rattled on about this before, but I'm, I'm going to Go rant on, on it on. again. When you look at the research from the United States, when they brought in our, uh, when they brought in uh, prohibition, prohibition, the only thing that, that that we ever see is you know the very famous um, alcohol drug lords is what they basically became that that rose to power, and everybody says it was a failure. When you actually look at the statistics, when you look at how it affected families, when you look at how it affected the health system, when you looked at uh, the reduction in um, 
in in hospital admissions, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. It had an incredibly positive effect in the United States. But you know what? That's and there's no reason it wouldn't have the same here in Australia. That statistic alone about what the what the drug abuse does to kids should be enough reason in and of itself for us to abolish alcohol use. Yeah. To keep the kids safer, why wouldn't we do that? <coughs> it's a pretty simple formula, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, forty three percent of Australians. Um, and this was part of the same same research, um, have experienced the negative consequences from a stranger's um, drinking habits. Oh, so have I. Have you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and this was this was, of course, you know, within a twelve month period. And I don't think that uh, you know, I think that that would be accurate. Most of the most of us within a twelve month period would have experienced the negative effects of somebody, you know, getting on the terps and uh, Yeah, I mean, I shared this morning about, you know, it was 26 years since I saw my grandfather who has now passed away over the weekend and a lot of the family feuds and the reasons why there was that estrangement was due to alcoholism. So, yeah, I, my family can definitely testify to the, the effects of alcohol. Yeah, and, and, and that, you know, doesn't even look at the, uh, the financial cost. That's the, so- the social cost right there. Anyway, we need to move on. This is Randy Travis with Through the Fire. You're listening to Faith FM. So many times I've questioned certain circumstances or things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision And my frustration gets so out of hand As then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand the test alone As I look at all the victories Spirit rises up in me It's through the fire my weakness is made strong He never promised that the cross would not get heavy Or the hill would not be hard to climb He never offered victory without fighting But he said help would all Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision And the adversary says give in Just hold on, our Lord will show up And He will take you through the fire again I know within myself that I would surely perish If I trust the hand of God He'll shield the flames again He never promised That the cross would not get heavy It would not be hard to Decision. 
will show up And he will take you through the fire again Just hold on Our Lord will show up And he will take you through the fire again Welcome back, guys. That was Randy Travis with Through the Fire here on Faith FM. And Mon has another another clue for the quiz. Now, I should say that our live audience mm-hmm. um, of, uh, of Grey Nomads that we had here did uh, um, head off to their morning worship. Um, Campus started for them. But, big, big day but, activities. But they did figure it out, but they left it for you guys. They yes. figured out the answer. Yeah, they knew the answer, but they said, do you know what? We all have Bible covers already. Let's leave it for someone else to win. So if you still want to have a shot at the beautiful blue uh, Bible cover, then you need to answer this question. I'm going to give you another clue right now. This is the third clue, and it is this. Who am I? I said, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Mm, so three quotes this morning already for this uh, for this Bible character. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM if you know who that is. Okay, and uh, of course joining us in the studio, um, well our our Gingerbine studio. He's joining us in the Gingerbine studio this morning. Is um, is Stan the man and his wife Bronnie? Welcome to the show, guys. Oh, we are excited. This is just fantastic to have you guys here, <laughs> and we can tell the world all about us. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. So uh, Stan the man and his wife Bronnie are. Um, are uh, the the caretakers here at the Adventist Alpine Village? Is this the first time that you've had a radio channel station come and broadcast from your property here? This is the very first, oh, and yes. we we think it's great. We're going to get right out there. We're going to we're going to tell the world what we're all about. Amen. That's the spirit. I love it. So I was doing some searching around, guys, and I, I noticed that um, you know nobody's transmitting on uh, eighty-eight at the moment. So you never know. Maybe there's a maybe there's a possibility out there for a, uh, a transmitter. You've certainly got some good topography here. What what's your altitude? Uh, we're based at thousand uh, meters, mm-hmm. and we're. 40 k's from the Snowy Mountains from uh, from Perisher and Mount Kosciuszko. Yep. And we get a lot of people come down here. So I tend to think if we put a transmitter here and stick it, st- stuck an aerial up there on top of that uh, hilltop, it, uh, it could go a long way. I, I think that's a great idea, Lyle. I'm all for it. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to look at that. Maybe somebody else owns that license. We'll have to go and knock on their door and say, hey, we want to buy that thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, before we get started, oh, Mon, I should say. Yes. These guys are from New Zealand. No, I hope I oh, no, Stan's from New Zealand. <laughs> Bronnie's not. Uh, we're going to buy New Zealand, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Bronnie, where are you, whereabouts are you from? I was born in Papua New Guinea. Oh, oh okay. Um, um, of my parents were missionaries there, so I was there for seven years. So that was pretty exciting. I was one of triplets, so we're born in oh, wow. the highlands of New Guinea, Garoka. And then we came down back to Australia. There you go. So, um, yeah, because I was going to say you don't... You don't look like the average Papua New Guinea person that I meet, but um, yeah, fantastic. So uh, yeah, uh, Stan, you may have missed the, the, the start of the show this morning, but uh, Mon was doing a New Zealand story and there were some New Zealand names and, and, and she completely butchered it. <laughs> I massacred the pronunciation and then was corrected in the break because we had some uh, Kiwis in our live audience this morning. <laughs> okay, so Bronnie, just real quick, you, you mentioned... Um, being born in Papua New Guinea, how old were you, how, how old were you when you moved from there to uh, what New Zealand or Australia? Or we moved to Australia, so I was seven, and then um, we moved around a little bit. Ended up on the central coast, 
and um, went to the sand, then um, met Stan the Man. Yeah, I was going to say, how did, how did that happen? I mean, it's international marriages? Oh, I, I think it was fate. Mm-hmm. I changed countries uh, back when I was 21, back in 89. Come to look for the woman of my dreams, and I come across this beauty. Haven't looked back. Life's good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's wonderful. And uh, Stan, did you grow up in a Christian home as well? Yeah, born an Adventist. Okay, fantastic. And was there a particular point in uh, in in? Oh, well, let me ask this question to both of you guys. Was there a particular point in your life where you just like you know I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ for you know as, as sort of make that adult decision? Yeah. Well, we always. We're all, all on a journey, and a lot of things happen in your life. And I, I look back and reflect on God's leading in a lot of different areas. And I mean, coming to Jindabyne, working for the church has just been a blessing. And I, when you can see things happen right in front of you, where people give their hearts to God, you just get, you, you just know, um, God, you're so real. You're working in our lives, and it's just been a, a real benchmark for us to work together here uh, for the church and on a mission, which at the time we didn't know we were on a mission, and but working working for, for God. Yeah, praise was, God. It was just, just awesome, and, and we, we get moved daily yeah. by that. Mm-hmm. And, and Bronnie, was there a, a particular point in your life that you can pinpoint or was um Well, what? actually, when I was 13 on a Pathfinder Campery in New Zealand, um that's when oh, I really... So you had a New Zealand connection I did, there. I did, but I didn't know Stan then, no. You, didn't, you weren't at the same campery by no, any chance? Okay. No, not that I know of actually. Um, but that's that was my first conversion that, you know, God really loves me and then it was a journey. And then unfortunately, I had a um, sad first marriage and then um, probably close to 30, um, I really became to, I really got to know Jesus and Stan came into my life and it's been a... Yeah. Great journey. Great journey since then. Praise God. It's, it's awesome to have a couple sitting in here in the studio that are just, you know, totally in love with each other and in love with God. So, praise God. I think it's also great that, you know, oftentimes people want to give their life to God, but they're a little bit concerned about where that might end up. And there's so many different ways and so many different places the Lord can use you and will use you. And it's just interesting to hear all the different stories and today to have a couple who's now working at an Alpine Lodge for Jesus. Like, it's, it just blows my mind the different places that the Lord will take you. Yeah, so Stan, what's your actual background? How did you uh, how did you end up here? Well, builder by trade uh, at, at um, Gosford. Went through my carpentry, then Clarker Works. And I always questioned God. I go, mate, you've, you, we're doing a lot of concrete work. It was hard work. You're like on the chain gang. And I was starting to get sore back, a few injuries. And I kept questioning God, why would you want me doing this? And then all of a sudden... I got a call to go drilling, a real change from from building to drilling, exploration drilling out at Lithgow. Yeah, went out there and drilled for coal. That was a real, real life change for, for me and bronze. And it was really exciting. But again, you, you question God, this is, you know, we really want to do something for the church together. Um, and we we're drilling out at Lithgow, but there's all, always a journey and then the price of coal took a dive and exploration drillers were first to go and we waited a year to keep keep working but then this job came up down here at the Adventist Alpine Village 
and to have the knowledge of builder, builder's background, concreting, all those things added to getting this job down here. And it was good having a, year, a quiet year after drilling just to wind down and relax because this job sort of winds you up pretty well I in a, in a good way, yeah, yeah. in a really good way. And it's like just you look back and it's a journey and you can see God's leading right through. And at the time you question what's going on, but then you look back and go, wow, that was for this reason here mm-hmm. and that reason there. And it's really good. How long have you guys been here for now? Five years. Five years, well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Now, um, yeah, so Adventist Alpine Village, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we actually have here because, you know, and we've, we've posted up a few um, photos and videos on our social media and it just doesn't do justice to it. You know, we're, we're sitting here right now, I can look out across the paddocks, I can see sheep, I can see horses, I can see kangaroos, I can see crimson rosellas, I can see king parrots. Um, although or I've seen all of those while I've been transmitting anyway, and I might I can't see the parrots right now, but I can see everything else, you know. And, it's and we just, can see um, a lake over there, Gingerbine Lake. We can see tennis courts, basketball courts, beautiful rolling hills. It's just <coughs> it is a, a really beautiful spot. So, um, how many acres have you got here? We've got 125 acres, and we've got a really nice big hill behind us, which you can walk up. It takes mm-hmm. about 20 minutes. It's do, called Round. Do, do you hill. own that hill over there? No, not that one. Oh. The one up that way. Much oh, I, I, I want that one because it's got a tower on it. <laughs> we put our transmitter up there. <laughs> Lyle. <laughs> when you work in radio, you always have this eye out for great locations. Maybe we're friends with the neighbours. We can just like... No, but this hill's higher anyway, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll, reach, you'll reach further from yep. the top of that one. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But this place was instigated back in the 80s by the division office mm-hmm. out of Sydney. And they were searching for a place... Of outreach. So just somewhere. a bit of background on that. The division office is the office in charge of the Adventist Church in the South Pacific. Mm. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. They wanted a uh, pinnacle uh, for outreach, uh, a place where they can have their church meets, their youth meets, and uh, just an all-round good place to reach reach people mm-hmm. where they can come and and just spend some time with God, back to nature, and after a lot of lot of looking around, they came up to this place here in Jindabyne, which was um, Crown Land at the time. Mm. But after all the work of um, three to four years, they got it released, purchased it, and turned it into what it is today. Um, and it's just awesome, nice buildings, great view, and it's we bring it back to nature with the farm life all around. We get a lot of young families come through, really enjoying that side of it. And we get a lot of church groups. And although we're not fully focused on Adventist groups that come, we we take everyone we can get. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a lot of a lot of Christian schools because it was originally designed for youth outreach, where they can come to the snowy mountains in a safe and Christian environment. Mm-hmm. And spend some time with God. Yep, yep, fantastic. Now, um, um, just let's talk about the facilities that you've got here, real quick. I'm just looking out, and, and as we mentioned earlier, there's tennis courts and there's playground, and there's um, we've got chalets, frisbee golf, frisbee, yeah, frisbee all, all, all kinds of things happening. Um, so you've got chalets and dormitories. Yeah, we've got twelve chalets. They sleep up to nine per chalet. We've got twelve dormitories. They sleep up to twelve. 
each and we have six staff units they sleep up to three to four each so we have 270 beds all together so we can cater for quite large groups um, we all we can fit 190 in our dining room and 230 in our conference room for meetings so we're we've got the facility to cater for a lot of people okay so with your biggest camp that you have here where you've got um, say people in tents caravans um, chalets dorms that kind of stuff what would be the maximum number of people you've had on site on site at one time, you'd be looking around 650. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty sensational. That's a big party. <laughs> it, it rocks, I'll tell yeah. you. It goes right off. <laughs> and I imagine that uh, once that is over, you kind of take a little bit of a, uh, a deep breath and, and have a, a, a well, bit of a sleep in the morning after that one finishes. Yeah, we, we do look forward to the end of it, but because the word's getting out there, we actually have groups rolling straight after our big camp now right. so we've got a really big January coming up when we have our big camp so when you look when you look around sorry I butted in there but um, when you look around the Australia at you know different campgrounds and facilities that you know can cater for you know all these different groups that come in church groups school groups whatever it is there wouldn't be that many around that would actually cater for 650 people I wouldn't think we've got a a big camp up in North New South Wales. They, yes. they can cater for a lot more than us, but are they as good as us is the question. <laughs> <laughs> we like to think that we're the best campground. Um, Absolutely. And Absolutely. we have a lot to offer. But, yeah, we all our campgrounds, we have a lot in Australia, yeah. Adventist campgrounds, and they're all unique and have a lot to offer. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Now, of course, um, a big attraction here is going to be the snow. What's it like here during winter? Winter is just amazing. Jindabyne doesn't have enough beds to cope with the amount of people that come. The population off-season is 3,500, and over winter that gets up to Mm 35,000, and Jindy doesn't have enough beds. So we just get so many calls uh, for people that want to come and stay. We've got so many groups that come back-to-back. We we book out real quick for winter. Groups just roll over because they just love it here. Uh, we look after them too, by the way. And they love the environment. They love, we're just uh, a couple of k's away from town and 40 minutes away from the snow. And we just give them awesome service. I'm talking it up, but yeah, no, absolutely. You know, everyone yeah, loves yeah. it. But <laughs> everyone comes back. It's well, a beautiful, bu- <clears throat> it's a beautiful building because on top of the com- accommodation, you do have this wonderful main hall where you have conference rooms. You have uh, like a like a beautiful sort of living room style thing with. Uh, is it like a fireplace with a with an amphitheater around it inside? Yeah, we have a, a an awesome open fire over winter. People just sit around, loving it. Yeah, um, lots of couches. There's a huge yeah. kitchen and dining room. There's this tower that we're in right now. It's three stories up, and each floor has more couches. You can relax and chit chat. And then right up here in the in the lookout tower. And then of course, there's isn't there an outdoor chapel? Yeah, we've got a, a beautiful outdoor chapel that overlooks the lake. Can seat 160 outside, and a lot of church groups utilise that for meetings. Uh, obviously, it has to, has to be good weather. Um, but we've had a few baptisms up there as well, which oh, nice. is really heartwarming, heartwarming to see. And we we just cater for as many people as we can, uh, different denominations, and we just make sure everybody has a really good time 
and it's a good way to share the gospel. Yeah, fantastic. I, I hear that you have some. Um, I've been noticing that the uh, the caravans are all staked down to the ground, which is not not what you usually see in your average caravan park. Um, so they've all got uh, just to give a bit of a description, like a star picket on each corner with uh, straps and chains holding them down. What's that all about? We recommend it this time of year, but over winter it's compulsory because in front of the cold fronts that come through. The Snowy Mountains gets pretty smashed by the wind and we don't want any issues with caravans moving around. Yep. So we just get them to strap down yeah, and, fantastic. and we don't have any problems yeah, when they yeah. do that. Yep. I mean, it still gets hairy at night for them <laughs> when the wind's roaring through. Yeah, but um, people that are coming here in winter are people that are looking for adventure anyway. That's right. Yeah. And they, they love the snow. It's part of their lives. They bring their families and and it's it's also... It's cheap accommodation, the cheapest you can get in Jindy. Bring your caravan, stay in it, or we, we call it van storage, so you leave it here, then you stay in it as you want, the weekends you want, or the weeks you want, and you pay as you stay, and it's the best accommodation in Jindy. But by saying that, we're booked out, we've got 50 waiting for next year, it's just going off. <laughs> that's fantastic. I think we might need to buy the, house, the place next door. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Just build, build, buy that hillside over there, that'll give us that tower, and um, <clears throat> maybe we should buy the airstrip while we're at it. And yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a, an airport just what, like, yeah, a yeah. couple of hundred metres down the road. That's right. You can fly in if you want to go for a ski. There you go. And, uh, and, and real quick, um, over summer you get busy as well, there's activities on the lake? Yeah, uh, there's lo- lots of activities on. Mountain bike riding's really big. The number one pick is Kosciuszko. You walk to Kosciuszko, um, you can mountain bike ride. A lot of lake activities, bring your boat, fishing. There's a lot of things to do in Jindy. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, thanks, guys. We really appreciate you joining us this morning. Just awesome to uh, hear all about um, what's happening here at the Adventist Alpine Village. AAV, a place to be. <laughs> Some jeans at Target and ripped apart the pocket on Sunday. Hallelujah. Baselim on the carpet and burnt it in the market on Monday. Hallelujah. Some of my business is, I'm sure you got your reasons, so just say Hallelujah. Grandpa's got lymphoma and fell into a coma on Tuesday. Hallelujah. Couldn't pay the water bill and haven't had a shower since Wednesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While merging on the freeway, I hit a Ford Focus on Thursday. Hallelujah. Without a car, I couldn't make appointments on Friday. Hallelujah. I lost my job. Hallelujah. It's not my business, she says, I'm sure you got your reasons, so just say hallelujah. I came to church a beggar and found I have a saviour, so.
Breakfast show with Lyle and Mon, broadcasting live from the beautiful 